And now we're going to be talking to the newly appointed Dean of Killaloo, the very Reverend Richard C. Marsh. And so good morning, Richard. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the programme. Delighted to see you and welcome you this morning. How are things going in Killaloo? Things are going very, very well. Um, my wife and I moved 10 days ago, two weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm losing track of time. Um, and I have to say that all the boxes are empty, but I can't claim that everything is up on walls. And well, well, look, it's, it's, it's fine. And I was installed in St. Flannan's Cathedral last Sunday evening, and that was a time of great joy and I am looking forward to tomorrow to um, getting in the car and uh, getting getting started in my ministry uh, here in on Shannon's side. Well it's wonderful that we have a dean again in the cathedral which is such a wonderful uh, space in Killaloo and so meaningful to all the residents of Killaloo and I'd love to ask you now just what does your job your new job involve? Um, I think that's something that I'm going to be figuring out for the next few months. But basically, um, I think there are sort of two major strands to it. The first is to be the the Dean of Killaloo Cathedral, but also to be the um, priest in charge of communities in Castle Connell, in Chumgraney, and in Mount Shannon. So I've got... Um, a group of Church of Ireland communities, and for them, I'm the pastor. I'm I, I'm I'm there to to minister them to them in the way that any priest of the Church of Ireland would. So, um, supporting the community, building the community, preaching um, the word of God, um, and supporting those communities. So that's half of my job. The other half is a wider diocesan role, and you need to remember that the Diocese of Turham, Limerick and Killaloo reaches from Kenmare to nearly Sligo. It's just wow. this massive area. It's two dioceses being forged into one by our Bishop, Bishop Michael Burroughs. And for them, I'm going to be looking after training of lay readers and parochial readers and um, liaising with um, Maynooth University on uh, education programs for, for laity. So I've got, I've got an education side and I've got a pastoral side and that suits me fine. It sounds like a huge uh, remit actually. Um, the, just even getting around the different parishes um, is already a big job because you've got plenty, a, a large area to cover and then the training and education side of it Mm, that's taking a huge geographical stretch. So, well, that that that, that will, but we'll find mm. clever ways of, of doing <laughs> it. But actually, we, my wife and I, have really been enjoying uh, giving ourselves a bit of time out from from the boxes and the putting things on walls and saying, today we're going to find out where Tim Graney is, or today we're going to go and find the church in 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 Mount Shannon and sort of do practice runs ready for Sunday for Sunday mornings. Um, and that's that's huge. Uh, that's yeah. huge fun. And you get to see this wonderful countryside <laughs> and, and real have a have a sense of being. And we were just thinking, just driving down from Killaloo this morning, um, that the autumn trees are just glorious. And we've suddenly landed ourselves in an extraordinarily beautiful part of Ireland. 
Well, I'm glad you recognize that. You know, it's, <laughs> when we go away, you know, on holidays, maybe for a couple of weeks, and then you come back and you say, this place isn't as bad as we think. You know? <laughs> but if you're here all the time, we don't really notice that. I suppose. We don't, we, maybe we take it for granted a bit too much. You know? <sighs> we can never take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My, we have a home in um, just outside Westport in County Mayo. And um, every time we sort of drive out from the house and look down over Clue Bay, um, my, my wife says, you know, pinch me because I, I never want to take that for granted. And I think that, you know, we've landed here and it's, it is just gorgeous. And so don't take it for granted. And see in it the reflection of this extraordinary gift that the creator has given us. It's, it's, it's um, an aesthetic experience. It's a, an intellectual experience, but it's also profoundly a spiritual experience. Here, here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so just coming back to the whole idea of the cathedral in Killaloo and uh, what your plans and uh, goals might be for the work, um, is it too early to be talking about that or are you still can, feeling your way into it? I think we can talk about the basic principles. Okay. Um, and I've worked in and around big churches for quite a lot of my ministry. Um, and I would say that nurturing the cathedral as a, a place of holiness, a place where people feel drawn to visit and experience something of God. And I'm deliberately describing that in, a very, in, in very wide terms because we, we all have different ways of, 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 of experiencing God. So I think that cathedrals need to be places that are open and exclusive, uh, sorry, and inclusive, um, it's a place for everybody. Um, I think they should be places where holiness is important, the sacredness is important. We're just latching on to the gift that we've been given by Christians down the centuries. I'm very aware that they, these are ancient places, but that gift is very contemporary. It's now. So I like to think that cathedrals can be places of great experiment. I think they can be places of great playfulness. I think that um, they should be places of safety. People should feel they should come. But I also think they, they can be places of, of, of great challenge. In a previous ministry within a cathedral, um, we experimented by bringing works of contemporary art into a very ancient building and experienced those resonances. Um, in that particular case for one Easter, we even got Willie Williams, who's U2 and REM's lighting designer, come and light the cathedral for Easter. And that was now a fabulous ex experience that, pe that people suddenly came into a building that they thought they knew, that they thought was familiar, but changing the light gave them a new experience of it. So I think experimentation, being true to tradition, but open to the future. That's, Does that's that right. help at all? I mean, very I mean, much so. It's very much me sort of thinking, thinking on my feet, but this sense of inclusion, it's a place for everybody, yes. whether you're yes. older, you're young, um, ev really everybody. Um, 
cathedrals should have their doors and windows open wide enough never to discriminate. Just a slightly, maybe once a curveball question, one of those ones you would dread. In, let's say, the Catholic religion, which is uh, I practice, uh, we have a great absence of the younger people, let's say, from once they leave uh, home, 18, 20 years of age, they're tending to move away from religion and organised religion. And it's congregations are notable by the absence of that cohort of the 25 to 40 year old age group and we were in France on holidays there for a few weeks there a couple of months ago and it was at mass one morning in the basilica in Nantes and we were my wife and myself were amazed at the number of people of that you know young people maybe even couples going out together pre-marriage and all that that they were attending mass there so we're not getting that here do you have that within the church of ireland of course we do i think that is a a common trait across um all of the the, the, the christian christian denominations um we live in an age where um Organised anything isn't is um, other than sport. So, no, but sport manages to do something that <laughs> that organised religion um, hasn't. Um, and my and in in Kilkenny, where I've just come from, um, in our country parishes, we actually used to to adjust the timings of our Sunday morning <laughs> services so that families could come and then the kids could go off and play rugby or hockey or hurling or, or whatever. Yeah. So. Um, I'm not quite as pessimistic as, uh, 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 as some 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 would be. Um, I think that yeah, we do lose people between twenty five yeah. and forty. Maybe I was trying to ask the question: What can we, as all Christian religions, do to encourage that cohort to come back? Well, I think that we need to create ways of worship that are attractive. Yes, but I also think that we should never dumb down. What, 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 what we have actually doing what we do well and do, and, and th- that is can can be attractive enough um finding ways to give younger people a voice don't just consign them to the to, 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 to the to the to the back of the back of the church um make it easier for um, families with younger children to, 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 to come. I've been sort of scratching my head a little bit this week about you know, things we, mi- we might do um, just to su- support mums and dads who have, um, uh, have uh, brought their children to, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to church. Um, but I think it's a challenge. It's a, real, it's a real challenge. And when you're talking about the cathedral being open, I think one of the things I've really uh, noticed in the last while about the the cathedral and its placement right in the centre of Killaloo there is the sign outside the door that says everyone welcome and the door being open, although it's a bit hard to push sometimes. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, 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 we'll get yeah. to it with a WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and also the, the fact that the cathedral has hosted a lot of important art events, the art exhibitions that have been run, uh, several of them recently, in tune with the seasons and yeah. so on. I mean, those are all wonderful initiatives to place the cathedral in the heart of the community. And I wonder too, because I think uh, in a previous life, you had some interests in ecumenism, for example. And is that something that you could it's, see it's extraordinary. It's extraordinarily important to me. Um, to stay with the cathedral for, 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 for a minute. Um, one of the things that 
is interesting across the Anglican Communion is that worship in cathedrals in terms of numbers is holding up. I think there is this, the sort of worship we do in, in, in cathedrals, which can be, some would say it was slightly more formal, but it has an, uh, an accent and, um, on, uh, on beauty. Um, people seem to like that. So that, that, that holds up quite, quite well. I am a passionate communist. I really believe that our Lord wants us, the church, to be one. And I think that is um, a huge challenge to us. I've heard people say that um, we are in a bit of an ecumenical winter after the sort of exciting developments of the 70s and 80s and maybe maybe early, early 90s. Um, I don't think that's true. I think that... Um, sometimes we haven't work given working together as churches quite the priority that that it that it sh that it should be i am looking forward to working with my catholic colleagues and uh finding things to do finding fi fi finding things to do together um that, that great principle that we you know we should do nothing apart that we can do together is 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 worthwhile holding on to um so uh yeah, I hope that we can we can we can build on that. And I think it's gr I think it's good um, for uh, Catholic and Anglican parishes to work together. It's good good for us to work with our, our Methodist and Presbyterian colleagues. And I, th I think that the, the 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 church has so much to give, and we can give it better to this world that needs it so much if we can visibly work together. Because people point to us and say, "Look at the divisions between you." We compromise our mission if we're not if we're not committed to ecumenism. Very good. <laughs> well, you know there is only the one God. There is only the one God. There is only one God, and there is only, there is there there is there, and and there is only one Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yes. But many paths to reach him. Perhaps that's the yeah the and, interesting my, thing. <laughs> my sort of. My ministry over the over over the years has has been working um, with churches around the world. Um, I've particularly specialised on the churches of the Christian East, the the Orthodox and the Oriental Orthodox traditions. Um, that's my area of of expertise. Um, but I've also been very privileged to work with the Catholic Church and be a member of the Anglican Roman Catholic International Commission, Commission ARCIC, um, at, at one time in my, in, in my ministry. So I'm, I'm committed to that relationship too. So let's get personal now. Will you tell us a little bit about Richard Marsh, the man? Where were you born? And I was born in South, I was born in South London and lived in a South London su and suburb until I went away to university. Um, and after that, I went to Australia and to the South Pacific for a couple of years before going to theological college in Yorkshire. And I was trained in a very particular Anglican theological college um, uh, where I was trained alongside a community of monks, an Anglican religious order. And amongst those of us who, those 
who had been either trained or members of the community were two sort of incredibly important figures. One was um, Bishop Trevor Huddleston, Archbishop of Cape Town, um, and Bishop Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So you started with those great, incredible sort of giants of the faith and who lived their Christianity, their Anglicanism within a context that really needed to articulate how what God wants to say about justice and inhumanity and obviously apartheid. Um, so that was sort of the, the context for training. And then I went to Runcorn, a little south of Liverpool, but it was over half my congregation had had been, were Liverpudlian, had moved out of Liverpool. And then I went to, what to do. Yeah, then I went to Durham University in the northeast of England um, to do my doctoral work and to be a chaplain in one of the colleges. And so sort of, and then and then and then and then I went and spent nine years on the staff of the Archbishop of Canterbury, doing his international and ecumenical work, um, and that took me a, a, a right around the world. So you came to Ireland then at some stage. Um, after my time at Lambeth Palace, I went to Canterbury Cathedral for a few years. And then for, for family and personal reasons, I took a career break from the church. And I worked in the charity sector in the UK, uh, both at a sort of structural level, building uh, coalitions to, of charities to uh, try and improve standards of transparency and accountability. and. Then I was a CEO of a, of a small charity doing medical um, and nutritional re re research. Um, and then my wife and I looked at each other and we, we'd already had sort of what we thought was our holiday and retirement home uh, here in the west of Ireland, <laughs> uh, just outside Westport. And we could see, predict what was going to happen with Brexit. And we looked at what we were doing. And at that stage, I... I was doing mostly consultancy and Roe was uh, running conferences around the world. Um, and neither of us needed to be in a little village in southeast England. So we put the dog in the back of the car and decided that we, we had had it in us one last big adventure. And so we moved. We moved about eight, eight years ago and moved and moved um, to... Uh, to, to Westport and I hadn't thought of coming back to the church I mean I, I was going to church I was um, but I got got involved with the congregation in Westport and suddenly I found myself doing things and eventually uh, Bishop Patrick Rook then Bishop of um, Churum, Kilala and Akenrai uh, gave me a license and I stood out. So I, I, I was then an um, honorary assistant priest. And then we met Bishop Michael Burroughs by accident. No, a lot of, a lot of my, my life has been about accidents. Nothing is planned. Nothing. The flying finger of fate. Yeah, flying finger of fate. And I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I'm, t I'm terribly cool with that because yeah. um, I, that I, I have discovered got at work in my life in 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 i'm not always always good at going with the flow but i'm but i'm 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 i'm, I'm good at seeing the action of god in it afterwards 
Um, and then Bishop Michael Burroughs recruited me to go to uh, to, to, to Kilkenny. Um, and now we're here. So How many years were you in Kilkenny? Three years. Yeah. Three years. Those weird years of sort of COVID. COVID. COVID's, COVID has changed everything. Hasn't it just? Work-wise, life-wise. Yeah, every, and, and um, I think it will be years before we really start looking back on it. It's still, in some ways, in our, in our attitudes, it's still very, very present. Yeah. In some yes. of the anxieties that I, as a priest, come across with, 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 with people, you can, you can almost date them. People well, are inclined to stand back from one another, you know, and have they, lost that ability are. to socialise to a certain extent. We were talking before going on air yeah. about sort of um, online worship and things yes. like that. Yeah. Um, we still have folk who, because we live stream from the cathedral, yes, will will stay at home and watch it, watch it on their computers or their their their, their phones rather than come to come come back to church. Um, we're going to be working at the at the legacy of COVID for a very long time. Yes, 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 indeed, yeah. And you were in Kilkenny for the whole of the COVID period, really, were we you, Richard? We moved sort of in between. There'd been the sort of the two-kilometre lockdown, and then we had there was a bit of a break, and then there was a five-kilometre, and we, we, we got there in the middle um, <laughs> of it. And, um, yeah, it was strange. And trying to, you know, scratching your head, thinking about, thinking of what we could, how we could do to keep people con- in contact with the church. I, I did sort of um, a Wednesday morning coffee hour on online, and we used to do um, online Sunday schools where I and the dean um, uh, and the director of music would do these sort of mad <laughs> Bible skits, and uh, they had a, they had a curiously. Um, uh, long reach. So no, we, were, we we found ways of being very creative. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm always stunned, oh, utterly stunned, um, by the way that some of the older members of the congregation embrace computer skills. <laughs> exactly. Needs must. <laughs> they, needs must, and they were brilliant. Yeah. And um, so yeah, it, it, but it did. That's that sense of anxiety. That sense of of. The unknown, yeah, yes, it certainly yes, changed, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. It'll be talked about in a hundred years' time. Yeah, Unless in the same way, I suppose, that we talk about Spanish flu of 1919. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people's anxieties are re-emerging, I think, at the moment, because, unfortunately, the COVID is still with us and the new variety is making its appearance. And, yeah, you know, I, I, had it about, I had it about um, four weeks ago. I was actually leading a study tour in southeast Turkey. And and, and 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 got it. Um, Are you sure you didn't have it in Kilkenny? Because I was in the New Park Hotel in Kilkenny for a class reunion, of, and there was thirty-one of my uh, classmates in it from college, and there was about twenty of uh, partners and spouses, and at least ten of us came away with COVID. From wow! There. Um, well, <laughs> I, d- I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I, d- I, I don't think I got it. In, yeah, I don't. In, in, <laughs> in, joking in, yeah. in Kilkenny pub. My, um, my <laughs> colleague, the dean of uh, of Ossery, got it. I hadn't had any contact with him, so I don't I think know, you can I spread know. it by WhatsApp. But <laughs> know, uh, we may have, we may have made medical history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, your interest in the Eastern Church specifically, and. Um, I just wonder, 
if you've thought at all about connecting with, uh, and I know it's very early days, we've quite a big community of Ukrainian people living at the Badai Golf Village, for example, and indeed with a few Ukrainian people living in Killaloo and I'm sure in Scarif too. Yes. And it's occurred to me occasionally to wonder about their own, you know, uh, church and their, I suppose, lack of, it seems anyway, lack of anybody to to lead them in a spiritual sense or to minister to them rather in a spiritual sense in their distress and everything. It, I mean, it's, it's certainly something that um, I will be, be, be looking at. I was delighted when I was installed last Sunday that two members of the choir of St. Canis' Cathedral, which from Kilkenny, who came down to sing, were Ukrainian. Um, ah, which is a, 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 a delight. And I know that other colleagues yeah. in um, uh, the, the Diocese of Tum, Limerick and, and Killaloo have quite a lot of experience of working with Orthodox clergy who have, have, have come across or have come, come over subsequently to, to minister to, the, to these communities. And we'll certainly be looking at um, ways of supporting them um, and in and ensuring that they're able to worship and and lead their spiritual lives in the way that they used to. Oh, that's interesting to know. Yeah, thank you. I believe uh, you're no stranger to community radio. I have sat the same <laughs> side of the desk where you're sitting now. I, on the whole, I know where the faders are meant to go. <laughs> yeah, we used to do programmes on... Um, uh, uh, Kilkenny said community radio kills Kilkenny City. Yes, yeah. They're a very, very uh, popular station, aren't they? And they seem to be very well resourced. That's that's what we would aim for. That's what you're aim, aim for. No, I, I just think radio is such a great great medium. But you can uh, I've I've always loved it. Yes. And I've always felt more comfortable in a uh, in a radio environment than I ever have uh, when I've had to do television. Uh, and so, no. Look, I'm looking at the 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 awards that you, the award you've got it's sitting on the table here, and congratulations for that because it's fantastic. Well, and thank you very well, much. Well, yes. the, the radio, particularly community radio, um, sort of reflects resources, supports community life. Well, look, it's 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 all there, isn't it? It's, it it's, is. It is. Mean, everything everything you want. Yeah, and we're all volunteers here at the moment, and you know uh, what I say about uh, radio. It keeps me off the tablets. You know? it keeps <laughs> <laughs> we do need an outlet, I suppose. You know. I think this morning we were looking for the emergency <laughs> supply of but tablets. But when you have, point, when, when you get the gremlins in, mm, yeah, yeah, um, and it's happened to me on on on, on more, more more than one occasion. You pull the fader up and you expect <laughs> the music to play, and there's that silence. There's that terrifying silence. And radio hates silence. Radio hates silences. Indeed. Mm. <laughs> so, Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on Scarab Bay Community Radio, and uh, I hope you won't be a stranger at the studio <laughs> when you I, settle in. I look forward to being invited back. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, having me this morning. Did you have that little bit of experience? You never know. You know? Yes, you will. We'll, we'll see. And we'll we see. wish yourself and your wife all the best and uh, a very pleasant uh, tenure here in Thanks, Claire. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Richard, and good luck with the new job. Thank you. <laughs> you have a choice of music that you'd like to hear? Yeah. Yes. Redemption song, I think you asked. Redemption well. song by Bob Marley. Mm. And can you explain that to us in a couple of words? 
because Why you it's, like that? because it's everything. It's about hope. It's about it's about re- it's realistic about think terrible things that happen. But you know, when you sing these sing these songs of freedom, because all I ever hoped, redemption song. It's all there. Very good. Yeah. Thanks again. Cause all I ever have 